Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. And it's The Advertising Show's pre-Christmas weekend live show. Here we've got... Uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth with you for the next couple of hours and hope you can stay with us as well. Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show, a big Radio Midgets production. What papers are you shuffling there, Brad? Oh, well, this little news item I'm going to read in a few minutes. Okay. How about you? What are you shuffling there? Uh, it's a deck of 52 cards and uh, I'm winning. <laughs> we have uh, Patrick Meyer with us today. Uh, that'll be next hour. Joe Jaffe's A Different Perspective. Joe, uh, uh, fortunately, is suffering uh, from Google withdrawal. And we'll have to find out what that's all about. Jeffrey Gittimer is with us, too, next hour. Andy Borowitz as well. Uh, uh, let's see, The Wacky World of Marketing. And, of course, a little bit later on this hour, our advertising showcase. Uh, uh, good advertising. So we've got a bunch of stuff. <laughs> we probably got to say that Jeff Bill is on the phone. Jeff is vice president of Chrysler and Jeep uh, Chrysler Group, Daimler Chrysler. And uh, he is uh, actually, this weekend, he is uh, lives in Detroit, of course, mm-hmm. uh, but is uh, in a beautiful little town in, in Ohio, uh, south of Dayton, called Centerville, Ohio. So that's where Jeff is at. Of course, he's mm-hmm. with family and friends. Right. So, there we go. Your, What's going on with old, you? Your old neighborhood, Ohio. Ohio. It's a big state. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And somebody's got to live there. I wonder if I were to mention <laughs> to Jeff... Uh, how one of my third, well, how my extra car is a uh, Jeep Wrangler, if he might, you know, send me a number of, uh, I don't know, accessories maybe for this Christmas. And then, of course, my wife being a, a, an owner of a, of a Grand Cherokee. I mean, I'm just keeping mm-hmm. Jeep, uh, you know, Jeep, Jeep, Jeep. Well, I think maybe not, he, not cheap, Jeep. He can give you a good deal on one, actually. Uh, Employee pricing, you yeah. You know, great. I'm really looking forward to this uh, this time with Jeff today, and uh, both hours, as you as you mentioned, Ray. This uh, this guy's been uh, he's been in the news quite a bit over the. He's a, he's very high profile within the industry, but having had a chance to talk to him off the air a few days ago, it should be a very uh, interesting interview because, uh, like many of our guests, Jeff does not hold back his opinions. Oh, he doesn't. He would, no. Well, we could always cut him off if he gets too racy, you know. I don't, well, we better not do that. We'll let That's him a just... good point. Hey, you know, Ray, you, you're a big radio guy. Uh, I mean that in the most uh, compliment, <laughs> complimentary way. No, you you have a, hist- a, a great history. Are you of being your mouth? In, no, you have a big hist- a great history of being in the radio business for many many years. And yeah, uh, yes, uh, CBS Corp. This uh, past uh, Thursday announced plans to rebrand its radio division as. CBS Radio. Now, you know, the division, of course, formerly known as Infinity, we all know, Infinity Broadcasting, including sure. 179 radio stations, majority of which were in the top, uh, are in the top uh, 50 markets. Uh, the rebranding comes just two weeks before Viacom is to split in half, which is expected to be uh, taking place uh, sometime before the end of the year, December 31st. The new uh, Viacom will be uh, MTV Networks, uh, Paramount Pictures, among other assets. The other part, CBS Inc., this will not be difficult to remember. CBS Inc., well, that'll be CBS Television Network and CBS Radio. Really? So, yeah, so you know what, if you're a printer... And you're the guy that uh, gets the uh, CBS or the old Infinity business. Yeah. You, you've just been made very happy because you get to reprint all their uh, business cards, letterhead, forms, all that good Merry stuff. Merry Christmas from yeah. uh, 
our good friends at CBS. You just need to make a penny or so on each uh, each uh, copy, and that would be a big a big windfall, wouldn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, let's take a break here, Brad. Uh, we talked about uh, Joe Jaffe, a, a, a different perspective. Let's mm-hmm. listen to what he has to say about something about Google withdrawal. If you dare to risk seeing the world from a new point of view, join us now for a different perspective, featuring author and new marketing consultant Joseph Jaffe. This morning, an interesting thing happened to me. I couldn't access Google. My Gmail didn't work. My RSS reader didn't work. I wasn't able to go to Google.com. I wasn't able to use my Google desk bar or even my toolbar. Could it be? Could Google have been down? A couple of hours later, I still wasn't able to access any Google services. I was going out of my mind. Google withdrawal is not pretty. There have been plenty of internet deprivation studies, but how about one for Google? And then somebody indicated that Google was working for them, and it started making me think. I was wondering if I'd been Google blacklisted. Did I say something wrong about them? I was starting to get a little paranoid. Perhaps if I donned sackcloth, sat in a pile of ashes, fasted and repented, I could have atoned for my sins, and Google would have welcomed me back into the fold. In all seriousness, what would life be like without Google? Think about it. It's interesting. It makes you really scrutinize the competitive landscape and also evaluate Google's tremendously profound inroads and the role that it has played in our lives. This has been A Different Perspective, featuring Joseph Jaffe, president of new marketing consulting practice Jaffe LLC and author of Life After the 32nd Spot. To learn more, log on to getthejuice.com. It's Ray Shellens and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show about to join in conversation with Jeff Bell, Vice President, Chrysler and Jeep, Chrysler Group, Daimler Chrysler, and any other Chryslers there are out there. He's the Vice Hmm. President of them, you see. Mm -hmm. Hey, Brad, we've got about a minute or so before the the break. There is... uh, a lot of nasty news out there. Well, it happens 365 days a year, but there's something that's uh, good. It's called happynews.com, and you might think, well, that sounds kind of silly. Happynews.com is a kind of a cool little website, and they have nothing but positive news. Uh, they even say it, they're based out of Austin, Texas, and even they even say the weather sure is nice in Austin today. <laughs> they also have links to... MSNBC, CNN, ABC, Fox, BBC, under the heading of Unhappy News. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That, that so, is cool. What gets, give me the site again. What is happynews.com is, hmm. the, is the site. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a worthwhile, uh, worthwhile destination. I'll check that out right after the show. Uh, just good stuff is going on there. That doesn't yeah. necessarily mean good stuff is going on in the world, but they're not reporting it, and right. that's good. Uh, Vice President of uh, Chrysler Daimler, uh, Chrysler and Jeep, uh, Daimler Chrysler, Jeff Bell, uh, will be joining us for not this hour, but next hour as well on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. We'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Today's your group day. Today you've got a running start. You're a man who feels the part. It's your lucky group day today. Get your day off to a running start with Group 33 antiperspirant or deodorant. It gives you the kind of protection you need to make sure everything yeah, goes just, your that's, way. You're right. That is Joe Namath, uh, and today is his brute day. I'm sure he doesn't wear brute anymore, probably never did. 
with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Our special guest out of, actually not Detroit, out of a small town in Ohio. <laughs> we'll ask we'll ask Jeff about Centerville, Ohio. Jeff is Vice President of Chrysler and Jeep, Chrysler Group, Daimler Chrysler. He was appointed VP in a move that consolidated Chrysler and Jeep marketing and product planning. He is responsible for the uh, present-day operations of the two brands, uh, their future product program development, and all communications efforts. So he's a busy guy. So how does he get away to Centerville, Ohio? I don't know. Hey, Jeff, it's great to have you on the advertising show. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Good. And, and Ray and I were talking off the air during the break. We're guessing that uh, Centerville's located somewhere in the middle Center. of the state. <laughs> no. no. Well, actually, uh, Centerville's just south of Dayton, Ohio. It's great in Dayton, and it's a uh, beautiful and warm and cheerful Centerville. Although the snowflakes are falling. Oh yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I think I guess uh, you're not leaving actually a warmer climate. I guess coming from Detroit. Oh, no, that would be colder up there, Brad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's let's jump. It's actually very cold in Detroit right now, and and not just the weather. Yeah, I well, see. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna well since you uh, teed that one up real well, you know, it's not op- often that we get a chance to talk to someone at such a high level with a major uh, manufacturer uh, and company such as uh, Chrysler, the Chrysler Group, and I wanted to get a perspective from you, Jeff, on kind of a sense of the uh, industry. Uh, you know, it wasn't so long ago the uh, automotive industry exploded into a global marketplace, and we've had consolidation and consolidation in the industry in more recent years. Can you give us kind of a, a sense of the uh, state of the uh, industry right now, first maybe from a domestic standpoint and then more of a of a, of a global perspective. I think it would be fair to say that the dynamics in the automotive industry are, are no different than those that are faced in any category. And uh, our situation and the competitive nature of our business is driven in many ways by an excess capacity for producing automobiles. We simply can make more vehicles here in the United States and certainly globally than people wish to consume. And so that puts an awful lot of pressure on uh, the business to try and make ends meet. Uh, General Motors was running at 65% of their capacity utilization, and it's just very difficult in a business like ours where I don't think I'm telling anyone anything new. Uh, We have these big factories that are full of people and machines, and they're uh, there to make automobiles, and when only 65% of the time or their capacity they're being used, it's very difficult to make money. In fact, it's very easy with so much investment to suddenly lose uh, not just um, tens of millions or hundreds of millions, but literally billions of dollars. And uh, the bad news is is that if you don't make a change, then that kind of red ink just continues to flow. And that's the situation that General Motors is certainly facing right now. And uh, right behind it, unfortunately, uh, for the domestic industry is Ford Motor Company, where I worked for 12 years. And uh, they also face a, a very, very serious situation where, the vehicles that they're making are not as popular as the amount of investment in plant and equipment uh, that they've made, and so they, they face, unfortunately, both a, a fully accounted loss, but also, in some cases, a variable loss on every vehicle that they produce. So how does Chrysler Group uh, fit in that uh, that picture you just described? Well, interestingly, of course, uh, we were emerged uh, with the uh, Daimler-Benz organization in 1998, Uh, forming Daimler Chrysler, and uh, that was really done because uh, Daimler-Benz, obviously the parent company of Mercedes-Benz, car and commercial, felt that they were a very successful luxury brand, but were lacking the scale to really stand alone and remain independent, and the Chrysler Corporation in the 90s had been tremendously profitable with a series of successful products, whether the Ram or the minivans, etc. At one point, I believe they had an $8 billion net income figure, 
And so the two got together, and uh, one thing led to another, however, and the Chrysler Group, as we call ourselves, did not do very well in 99 and in 2000, uh, prompting the uh, dispatching of Dieter Zetsche from uh, Stuttgart. He had he was running Mercedes car and had uh, turned around Freightliner in the heavy truck business for Daimler-Benz, and he became the head of the Chrysler Group. And it was really Dieter's plan starting in the fall of 2000 and then beginning in its implementation in 2001 when I joined his team that we started to make the very difficult decisions in closing plants, uh, both assembly plants as well as our supply base uh, plants or selling off engines and transmission and axle plants that we owned. Uh, and we re- unfortunately had to let 30,000 people go. So we went from about 100 and and 10,000 people uh, employed at uh, the Chrysler Group to uh, around 80. And so I guess the simple answer is we made the tough decisions about five years ago as opposed to making them now, and we've been able to immediately uh, realize some benefit from that over the last three years uh, vis-a-vis uh, basically making money making automobiles. You know, I understand that, uh, let's see here, we've got a few minutes left in this segment. I understand when uh, Dieter... Zetcha took over as president and CEO of uh, then-struggling Chrysler, uh, November 2000, as you mentioned. One of his first orders of business was to interview uh, company veteran executives, and the main topic of conversation was uh, how the company could once and for all break the boom uh, and bust cycle that it had experienced. Uh, and first of all, uh, Jeff, were you interviewed? Uh, yes, and well, I wasn't at Daimler Chrysler at the time. I was interviewed as, as someone that he tried to bring in. Uh, of course, at this point, it's fairly well recognized that Dieter was able to bring Tom Lasorda over from General Motors, uh, Richard Chowow as well from Toyota, Erwin um, uh, Raphael from Toyota, myself from Ford, along with George Murphy, Julie Rame, uh people from the auto industry primarily because Dieter does believe uh, that the auto industry has some unique requirements uh, and some unique circumstances, and he wanted to try and put together the best management team that he could, both internally and with external candidates. And uh, one of the things that I think he learned at that time is that the Chrysler Corporation, uh, best known, obviously, for both bankruptcy and Lee Iacocca, uh, it had really produced a business model that focused on build it and they will come, build a better mm-hmm. mousetrap and they will come, and that led to uh, both feast and famine, as you say, very highly variable circumstances of hits and misses. And I think that Dieter uh, had a very strong bias because he had worked with Mercedes, and he felt that the brands needed to drive the product development as opposed to simply trying to guess what the next major category would be. And that has been our model uh, for the last five years, is to define what is a Dodge, what is a Chrysler, what is a Jeep as a brand, and then that will, in turn, drive all of the product development in terms of the white space you need to fill as well as the product renovations that you need to have take place. And and we think that it's working. You know, uh, being a fan of the automotive business and an observer and, of course, a consumer as well, in the homogenized uh, world of what I see from a design standpoint, uh, you guys have done an outstanding job of differentiating those brands that you just described. Obviously, that was uh, by design, right, Jeff? It was. You know, one of the things, I guess, I I continue to be in some ways puzzled uh, because when you, you know, maybe another guest you'll have in the future from Toyota or from Honda or or from General Motors, for that matter, um, I think that the, the companies still struggle with defining what their brands stand for. And I can tell you very succinctly, Dodge is bold and Dodge is powerful. Jeep is about freedom and adventure. Chrysler is about refinement and passion with great style and great value. 
and it's very difficult to find someone else that can do it that succinctly. We have uh, Jeff Bell, our special guest on the advertising show. Jeff, uh, Brad will have a question a little bit later on about his Grand Cherokee. He says that it's a squeak, <laughs> and he needs you to take care of that, okay? Front left fender, yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't think so. Jeff Bell is with us uh, this hour and next hour. Just ahead in just a few moments, uh, the wacky world of marketing, something about uh, rent a tree. That'll be interesting to find out more. Hey, by, w- by the way, go to uh, theadvertisingshow.com for the RSS feeds and podcasts made uh, possible by the good people at uh, that's S-C-H-I-P-U-L dot com. They're the web marketing company. A lot of good stuff going on there, too. Ed Shippel has some really cool tools for your business. So that's it. We'll be back in just a minute with more with Jeff Bell and Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. And now it's time for the Wacky World of Marketing. Wacky World of Marketing. Here's your host, Bruce Abbott. Our wacky update comes to us from San Francisco, where AP reports kind of a cool idea, actually. So the big choice, a real or artificial tree this year? Well, San Francisco officials are offering a third alternative, rent-a-tree. The San Francisco Department of the Environment calls the tree rental program a guilt-free option. But the trees aren't the traditional Christmas variety. They're potted olive and box trees that will be planted in neighborhoods that need sprucing up once the holidays are over. The city had 100 trees for rent at 90 bucks a piece, and all have been taken. One man rented three trees for his cabinet shop. He calls himself an unrepentant tree hugger. And that, my friends, is the wacky world of marketing. This program was written and produced by Bruce Abbott, executive producer of The Advertising Show. Join us next time when we uncover the strange, the bizarre, and unfortunately, the true wacky world of marketing. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Give way to your heart, your spirit soul. With Northwest Airmanship, you fly as you've never flown before. Fly the best when you fly Northwest. Northwest Story The Advertising Show. And uh, that's a, an appropriate commercial play, Brad. It's a, a big hub, of course, uh, out of Detroit. That's where our guest is from this uh, this uh, weekend. Jeff Bell is VP of Chrysler and Jeep for Daimler Chrysler. And, uh, Jeff, welcome back to the Advertising Show. Thank you very much. Yeah, Jeff, before we uh, jump back into some conversation about driving consumer t- uh, demand today in uh, today's uh, highly competitive automotive uh, world. I'm, I'm interested in learning how the Chrysler Group, Jeff, reaches today's discriminating media media consumer. I, just kind of a overview, if you will, of your media strategy, if you don't mind. I, I don't think I'm going to be the first to tell you that. Obviously, there's tremendous fragmentation that's taking place. So, you know, when I was a young boy, it was black and white televisions. There were three channels, and today, just on television alone, you have up to 500 choices, uh, uh, network, cable, and local access, etc. You also add to that the fact that you not only have great radio shows like this one, but now you have Sirius and XM on a satellite basis uh, without commercials. Uh, then you add to that, obviously, the Internet uh, with so many web pages available and uh, various models of trying to reach people, whether it's traditional uh, advertisements or uh, branded entertainment or or other areas of trying to engage consumers. I think that 
the buzzword for us is one of experimentation. Uh, it obviously has its risks when you have powerful brands like Dodge Chrysler and Jeep, but we have our foot in each world. We do continue to advertise on television. We do have advertisements in color print. But increasingly, uh, we have been working with both Hollywood and uh, also with, if you will, Silicon Valley to try and find new ways of reaching discriminating consumers, integration into movies and television content, uh, creating our own content with programs like Jeep King of the Mountain or Jeep World of Adventure Sports, video games, whether they're retail like Tony Hawk American Wasteland that Jeep is a participant in, or or creating our own games like Chrysler's Golf uh, Championship Series. So we continue to experiment and try new things, but wherever possible, our focus is on things that can be measured because that's the one problem of the old world. It was basically uh, advertised and, and hope that it worked, as opposed to today's imperative, which is advertise and market, measure, and guarantee that you're doing the right things. Can you, can you sometimes get too uh, focused in on measurement and maybe not take some of the risk that you described earlier? For example, uh, you know, I hear a lot today about uh, uh, efforts with regard to branding and, and branding being something that's very uh, difficult to quantify uh, in a way that, uh, unlike what you described, uh, Jeff, and very, very appropriately so, how the Internet uh, does allow accountability and ability to monitor results and so forth. I'm just curious, how, how do you balance the uh, risk-taking that one might take and yet uh, uh, delve into areas that may be more challenging to uh, to put metrics against? Well, I think that it would be fair to say that the team in place uh, at the Chrysler Group uh, lives and dies by a, a belief in brand. When I say that Dodge is bold and powerful, that's what makes the Ram look the way that it does. It's what keeps the Viper on the road. It's why the Charger has been brought back. And a vehicle that we've uh, showcased a a little bit to the public uh, called the Caliber, which is replacing a vehicle called the Neon. So the Caliber is one tough little guy. I mean, it's not uh, something that shows up like the Neon did when it arrived saying, Hi, okay, this guy's like out of the way. Dodge is, is a tough brand, tough trucks and muscle cars. In the same way, now, when we market Dodge, you're going to find that if it's on the Internet or it's on television, there's a Dodge point of view. Uh, The mnemonics that we use at the end of all of our advertising, whether it's on TV or on radio or on the Internet, is hit it, ba-dum, ba-dum, boom. You know, that's Mm -hmm. how we end every one of Dodge's. Red, white, and blue, and black, because it's sometimes naughty. And, uh, you know, that's (laughs) the kind of thing, though, that we're going to continue to do. Is it building the brand? Yeah, we measure it. We measure it with surveys. Um, but most importantly, especially when you get to wireless and, and into the Internet and into events, you can measure it. You can see that the people that are connecting with you want that. It's not that they're looking for a commodity. They're looking for a lifestyle. They're looking for a, a, a certain point of view in the world in which we live. Because, see, that point of view that I mentioned for Dodge is very different than Chrysler. Mm-hmm. Chrysler comes from the 1924 origins of W.P. Chrysler, who said, I'm going to build a better engineered and designed vehicle for one-half to one-third the price. And so he was going up against the Packards and the Studebakers. Today we go up against the Toyotas and the Hondas, and Chrysler is going to give you the high quality. It's going to give you something they don't, which is tremendous design in terms of passion and athleticism but it's also going to bring it at a tremendous value for money. That's why a vehicle like the 300, which looks like a million bucks, does so well because it starts at 23000 I mean, that just you know, shocks people. You know, we just have about a, a little less than a minute left here. Uh, so would it be a fair statement to say that you're moving dollars out of traditional media that you, you guys once used, not 
too many years ago into new media, and if so, what kind of percentages are we looking at? Yeah, I, I, I think that you know we were, were basically a hundred percent and zero, and I think that it's fair to say now that we're more like a seventy thirty split, but growing, and you know that's uh, over the last four years, and it continues to accelerate. One of the things that we didn't think would work that did is gaming. Gaming isn't just for kids. Adults do it, too, and especially in our world where people can take a virtual test drive in a game, they get some passion, some excitement. They can see the kind of world that they can live in when they actually buy the vehicle. really works well. Good news is we have uh, Jeff Bell back for the uh, the next hour of the show on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Jeff is VP of Chrysler and Jeep for Daimler Chrysler out of Detroit. And uh, we'll be back uh, with more of the Advertising Show, a bunch more this hour, as well as uh, lots more with Jeff, too. So stick around on the Advertising Show. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillen and Brad Forsyth. Because I'm a woman. Angelique. I can bring on the bacon. Angelique. Fry it up in a pan. Angelique. And never let you forget you're a man. Give her Angelique. Hour perfume for that 24 hour woman. Yeah. Bring me a beer, too. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, we've got Jeff Bell uh, back with us uh, next hour on the advertising show. And uh, good conversation there. Now, Jeff is in Centerville, Ohio. Isn't Centerville, Ohio the, the place uh, where some other big automotive firm is, like Honda? I'm thinking he's fine there. Yeah, this is a business trip, but he says it's personal, but it's more of like a under the radar spy deal, I think. He's in fact he's talking from his cell phone outside of a building <laughs> right now, wearing no. a trench coat and a hat, right? And you know, did you did you notice how Jeff was able to work in a compliment to the advertising show during one of those questions we had? I we need to be sending him some kind of accessories. That's fine, but he also threw in a couple of commercials, too. He did, for, <laughs> for Chrysler? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the guy's passionate about what he does, and sure. he needs, you know, and I think uh, the, the, great, the great thing about what uh, Jeff imparted there was a lot of insider kind of uh, wisdom and, and strategy and thought process of how a company such as a, a Chrysler uh, goes about right. marketing their brand and their, their company and so forth. You know, you mentioned last uh uh, earlier this past hour, uh, about goodnews.com, an Austin-based line of uh, exactly. uh, online service. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, positive news as opposed to negative crap that we uh, see on most local uh, major market right. TV. Yeah, goodnews.com. Yeah, I'm going to go check that out in a second. But, you know, along those same lines, Ray, Time Warner Cable uh, became the first to announce the launch of a new package of channels for uh, viewers who want to avoid sexual and violent content. I guess you won't be lining up for this, but somebody will, Ray. Uh, in response to the growing pressure on the cable industry by the uh, FCC, apparently some groups uh, have said that Time Warner's cable family choice tier, which is what they're calling it, doesn't give households an adequate alternative to the existing uh, cable packages. A spokesman for Time Warner said the uh, company has excluded from the family tier any channel that carried programming at any time that children of any age might find objectionable. So I'm surprised they found any programming for that matter. <laughs> you know, that kind of qualifier. Even Fox there. runs some stuff that's not good. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, a lot of stuff is not good for families. Yeah. What's with that? Uh, Coca-Cola is having some is issues. Uh, they have, uh, for the first time, been surpassed 
by the uh, Pepsi brand, uh, which is incredible. That's never happened before. Yeah. And with that said, Coca-Cola officials say, welcome to the Coke side of life. Loser. The company's new tagline will herald a turnaround for the beverage firm as it launches a new worldwide marketing effort and a host of new products as if Coke didn't already have way too many products. So this will be interesting. It says a separate marketing program to highlight the company's commitment to healthier products. We'll use the tagline, make every drop count. Whatever that means. So yeah, interesting, huh? You mentioned last uh, last uh, weekend. No, wait a minute. Well, anyway, we've been doing <laughs> so many different shows at different times. I, if I say last weekend, it might be next week's show. In any event, uh, I you totally understand exactly what you said. Nobody else. You did and I know. both. You and I exactly. So anyway, uh, you, you mentioned that. Uh, well, it, let's just say this: Pepsi past Coke and market capitalization. I don't know what the volume numbers are in terms of sales and so forth, right. but it certainly says something about what Wall Street thinks of their uh, their potential relative to Coke. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what Coke's uh, reaction will be to uh, Pepsi. Uh, obviously, the, the stronger the stronger company, at least in Wall Street's eyes, huh? Yeah, but just for the time being, you know how that can change very quickly. Yeah. Well, so interesting. I sure do. Yeah. We've got, uh, what, what do we have coming up? Uh, the Advertising Showcase here in just a, a few minutes yeah. away on the advertising mm-hmm. show. Viacom owned Neopets.com. I didn't know that Viacom owned this, that thing. Not but it, they, they're boasting 25 million members whose long and frequent visits give the site 2.2 billion page views per month. 2.2 billion and make it the second stickiest site on the web, according to uh, Media Metrics. Uh, marketers love the site. Eighty percent of the members under eighteen users tend to uh, their beloved virtual pets, but also uh, pay in online games or play in online games branded with familiar labels like McDonald's and Nestle. So that's interesting. Neopets.com, and you should be you should be uh, checking that out as well with three dogs. I, yeah, I would take half their traffic, wouldn't you? You you drink? Uh, is it Diet Coke you have over there, Ray? Right Diet now? Coke, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well parent. Apparently, uh, you might want to check into this because WPPYNR uh, has just landed the global creative duties for uh, Bacardi Rum, which I know you usually uh, put in your Coke there, but today you're passing for some reason. must be the holidays, I suppose, and you're going out to all those Christmas parties, but apparently estimated we billings. Have a problem. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Do we yeah. have a? We do have a problem, Houston. Yeah, we do. But that was uh, that was you okay. in a recorded way, right? Isn't that amazing uh, how I can throw my voice just like Fred Newman? The you know, guy. all you need is some kind of dummy on your lap, and I'm not talking about me. The estimated billings uh, are 160 million for uh, Bacardi Rum. If you're wondering, other finalists: McCann, Erickson, Fallon, and David and Goliath, New York. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good stuff. Just a minute. We've got more on the advertising show. It's the advertising showcase with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Susie Chapstick has changed her name. Call me Susie Chapstick. Hey, Susie Chapstick. This is real chapstick weather. Yes, it is chapstick weather. And Susie is a good example of somebody who connects well with the brand, as we've said before. On the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, Jeff Bell is back uh, with us next hour. Uh, and right now, what we do is we look at the upside and the downside of advertising. This week, it's good. 
Isn't that nice? And now it's time for the Advertising Show's Advertising Showcase, an outstanding example of on-target advertising. For the good stuff, here's Ray and Brad. So, what do you have there? What is that this week you've got? Well, per- perhaps you've seen by now the eBay's new uh, It TV campaign. If you haven't seen it, let me real quickly uh, tell you a little bit about what a great break spot that they had uh, several weeks ago. Spot opens yeah. uh, with a couple of guys in a, a dark, small office environment. One guy hands the other guy a notebook and says, hey, I think I've got it. And on the tablet there, it says uh, it. And, and the other guy says, this is great. And then from there, we hear uh, an announcement of a guy, ladies and gentlemen, here it is. And this goes on and on to where they're featuring the IT words. They've done this in a variety of ways from uh, both a three-dimensional color version, which is where they begin this process, and then they go from there to variations on the it theme. For example, a truck goes by with the word it uh, painted in big letters on the side. Next, you see these huge uh, crates being unloaded from a jetliner with uh, it on each side, and then the cover of Time Magazine with it, and this goes on and on for uh, a while. And then we see the uh, words underneath, uh, the voiceover underneath all of this uh, goes along the lines of, it's new, it's all the rage, it's the hot new item everybody wants, people tell me it's great, and this goes on to where we finally end up where uh, at a we're at a person's home and the wife says to the husband what is it and of course they have a little priority mail package there with uh, ebay on the side of the package and the husband says it's uh and that's where the spot ends and then we finally see a female voiceover announcer come on uh, where we have the ending graphics where it says whatever it is you can get it on ebay now the spot uh, has all the elements, Ray, I think, of a, a hugely successful TV campaign. If you've seen not only the break spot I just described, but the spots that have followed that, I think most people would agree. It opens with a, a bit of drama and uh, discovery with the uh, IT theme, and it maintains, I think, a great, a great idea in terms of viewer interest by way of this uh, fast-paced execution of keeping... Uh, uh, scenes and voiceovers rolling without uh, really saying who the advertiser is. Most viewers, I think, without a doubt, have stayed uh, glued to the TV spot and wondering who in the world, at the very least, wondering who in the world is the advertiser. And uh, as with all great spots, when you hold out who the ad is for, I think curiosity uh, wins out and you maintain at least uh, viewer interest throughout the entire spot. And uh, at the end, it delivers, I think, uh, as all great spots do, with uh, an advertiser message that all ties it back together nice and cleanly with uh, with uh, the delivery of the brand and the, the core competency, in this case, of the brand, which is, you know, if, you've, uh, if you need something and you want to go, IT is also the old term, by the way, for... Uh, for uh, the Internet technology, right? Exactly. So there's a little play off of that in right. case you're not following that. But again, in my opinion, uh, eBay, who, who, if you think about it, if they've advertised in the past, uh, it must be less memorable because if you're like me, you probably don't remember any of their past advertising. But they've done a great job of keeping this campaign fresh. Right. Uh, they've changed it up. And uh, by the way, the old spot, just for a hint of those that are wondering, I wonder what the old eBay spot was about. Well, they did the old do you know the way to San Jose. Remember that? They did a little play okay. off of that. Yeah, yeah and there was the off. dancing There was the dancing one, the dancing uh, man and the dancing woman as well. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah. I think they've they've come upon something through BBDO New York, uh, yeah. uh, which is, has a bit of uh, a little more stronger engagement from the viewer standpoint, and I think it's done a, uh, a superior job of, uh, again, the key to this campaign, I think, is keeping it fresh this, uh, this Christmas season, which they've done a great job at. So I guess the bottom line is we'll see what their there sales are uh, next year and... 
how they did during the holiday season, and we'll see how this campaign uh, how this campaign worked for. Them. And and that's the hardest thing too, uh, as a creative, to uh, to get a client to understand the concept of hooking them, getting them into the story, and then you know you don't have to say your name at the very first. You don't have right. to you know <laughs> give away everything at the first, uh, which is exactly what they did uh, with this thing. You know who else is a good campaign? Uh, this holiday season is Radio Shack, where they have mm-hmm. the people come in, they sit down, they talk about uh, uh, they talk about what they want. You know, there's a line of people. They sit in the chair. They say, "Oh, I want this," and it's at Radio Shack, and and they're all nervous and very uncomfortable. That that is a great campaign as well, and incredibly yeah. episodic as well, because it you know there's I've never seen the same commercial, uh, never. The, twice it's always been new people there that's pretty cool yeah and you know we had the the pleasure of having the uh, chief creative officer for arnold worldwide who was the agency for radio shack on a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and uh, he, he was a great guest and we talked a little bit about that uh, you know and we also run from time to time here on the advertising show a classic spot by uh, that was put promoted from the uh, peace corps which is an outstanding example of how you keep the uh, advertiser glued uh, and deliver at the very end the uh, the advertisers. I'm going to say the advertiser. Keep the in this case the listener. The listener engaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you uh, right. deliver at the very end of the spot. Yeah, listening yeah. out there. If you're a local advertiser, or even an agency, yeah, that's the way to do it, folks. We have uh, more with Jeff Bell, who is the uh, VP of Chrysler and Jeep for Daimler Chrysler, out of uh, actually out of Centerville, Ohio. Uh, headed back to Detroit a little bit later on this evening. And uh, Patrick Myers with us next hour. Jeffrey Gittimer, Andy Borowitz as well, too. Just a whole bunch of good stuff. want to direct you to the uh, website, theadvertisingshow.com, with the RSS feeds and the podcast. It's a great place to go for a whole bunch of stuff. Brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adh.com. This is a Big Radio Midgets production. Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. It is hour number two of The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production, and we have uh, more conversation this hour with Jeff Bell, uh, VP of Chrysler and Jeep for Daimler Chrysler, and uh, let's see, who else do we have? Very shortly, uh, Patrick Meyer, the marketing insider. Jeffrey Gittimer is with us. He's talking about Up in the Morning. And uh, I know you are a morning person. I'm a morning mm-hmm. person. Oh, yeah. So is he. He says, by the time that most people wake up, he's made a whole bunch of money. And so <laughs> that'd be a good thing to uh, good thing good thing to listen to. Andy Borowitz too a little bit later on uh, this hour as well. The American Advertising Federation is a great organization, and they have a, a daily thing called a Smart Brief. Wally Snyder is the president of. Uh, uh, American Advertising Federation, uh, one great guy. And uh, what they've done, they've got something cool here, Brad. They've got a 2005 year in review. I don't know whether you've had a chance to look at that or Have not. not. Uh, but it's got a recent survey of the AAF Smart Brief readers and what, they, what, they, um, what they're seeing here. 32.6% say agencies will spin off from holding companies. 25% say holding companies will get bigger. Uh, let's see. Will the role of the company's chief marketing officer become more or less important in 06 as compared to 05? 57.4% say more important. Uh, let's see. How important is it for the advertising industry to recognize success within companies or individuals? 71% say it's very important. 
And uh, it goes on and on. But you can pick that up at AAF. Uh, what is it? AAF.org or com? I think, it's, I think it is org. Org, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. And you know, it, well, I was just going to mention, you know, and you mentioned Wally, uh, president of uh, AAF. We, we had the pleasure of uh, hosting this past year's uh, American Advertising Federation Addy Awards Gala. Uh, you and I uh, were emceeing that event, Ray. In right. fact, they're still talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that we didn't run across uh, Jeff. I don't mean run across him, meaning in a car, but run across, yeah. uh, meet up with him, I suppose. Uh, and maybe next year, if, uh, if we're uh, fortunate enough, uh, who knows? Maybe AF will have us back again. We do. We were invited recently to uh, go up to New York for a, an event uh, after the first of the year. And if that comes about, uh, we will make an announcement here on the advertising show. But until then, right. we will tease. So okay. if you wouldn't mind putting your shirt back on, Ray. <laughs> Don't forget the plane tickets, Brad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not driving again in your car. I'm sorry. Well, it's not working okay. Nashville. Yeah, right. Exactly. No, we, we flew first class. That's because the uh, the plane we were on, all seats were first all class. It was a very small plane, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yep, four seats. That's it. <laughs> no, I, we, we love those jets. That's great. But uh, yeah. anyway, so what do you have there? Well, you know, uh, 25% of our audience listening online is from somewhere other than North America. And in keeping uh, with our worldwide interest of our show, which is growing, uh, out of Munich, uh, Intel Corporation and BMW, since we have Jeff Bell from Chrysler on, I thought this was interesting. BMW and Intel announced a partnership this uh, this uh, recently that includes the technology. This is a really cool deal here. includes technology, co-marketing, and Intel sponsorship of BMW Formula One uh, racing team under the agreement. Intel technology will be developed, uh, deployed, I should say, throughout BMW's worldwide network of more than 3,000 dealers, and Intel will become the official corporate partner for BMW uh, Sauber F1 team. Now, this is the interesting part, Ray. Not only will uh, BMW convert its corporate notebooks to Intel Centrino uh, mobile technology-based systems and significantly increase the use of uh, Intel's-based PDAs, but... Uh, the best part, the two companies have also agreed to develop an industry specification that would allow for seamless integration of third-party devices, including phones and portable music players, into BMW vehicles. So I think Intel, uh, by doing so with uh, integrating their products in the BMW uh, vehicles, will be a huge uh, upside for uh, Intel and the brand itself, but wasn't it interesting that uh, Intel was able to work into BMW? You want to you want to partner up here? Well, you know, use our notebooks and use our PDAs. Sure, cool. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is interesting too. We might get uh, Jeff's take on this as well. Recently, Ford Motor Company has changed its mind uh, a few times. Uh, <laughs> they've uh, they've reversed an earlier decision. Now they've announced uh, they will resume advertising in all eight of their model lines and publications aimed at gay readers. Ford previously pulled ads for its Jaguar and Land Rover brands uh, from the gay publications. A move that critics charge came the at the behest of the American Family Association. Ford denied it. It succumbed to outside pressure uh, in any of its decisions, but they've now changed back to the way they've. Uh, we're thinking about before, which really, either way, it's going to hurt them. You know, it's sure. like, what are you going to do? You, know, you quit making, you quit changing your mind. Stand up for something, I guess. Be be a little bit stronger there. Yeah. Well, you know, it's too bad that uh, political groups or just groups, consumer groups in general, can influence. Uh, uh, companies' marketing communications programs because it makes it sound as if they were built on flimsy foundation to begin with. And uh, we also heard from uh, 
Uh, we were be- beginning to wonder whether Bill Ford will be continuing in their advertising in 06. This guy's been on again and off again in terms of the spokesperson for the uh, right. for the Ford brand. And you know, when you think about uh, a spokesperson for the Ford uh, for any automotive brand, you immediately think of Lee Iacocca, which we're going to talk to Jeff Bell about. Uh, not that he was around when Lee was uh, the. Uh, uh, heading up uh, Chrysler, but uh, you know they brought Lee back recently for the uh, uh, what was it? It was the uh, employee price uh, employee pricing campaign this past summer. Yeah, which I I didn't really I was not that uh, uh, hip on him being back. Yeah, yeah it didn't that, do anything for me. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about how when Lee Iacocca stood sideways on the uh, golf uh, uh, tee box there, that it was not his most uh, uh, his most uh, flattering position <laughs> with those hiked-up pants. When you get over about 75 exactly. or 80, for some reason, you start pulling your pants up to the top of your neck. I don't know what's going on there, but that just happens. <laughs> it's gravity, Brad. That's what it is, gravity. This yeah. is uh, – we're, we're going to bring Jeff Bell, by the way, back into the show here. I wonder what his pants are like. Months. Well, hopefully not hiked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we. This is interesting from uh, – oh, gosh, we're, the Miami Herald had this out uh, oh, a few days ago. Well, I guess I have no time to talk about that. Wouldn't you like to know what it is? Yes. So would I. It's about alcohol. Colleges say when on alcohol ads. I like that. Good news. Jeff Bell and Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth will get back together in conversation this hour for a couple of segments on the advertising show, and we hope you'll stay with us. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Snap, what a happy sound. Snap is the happiest sound I've found. You may clap, rap, tap, slap, but snap makes the world go round. Snap, crackle, rice crispy. On The Advertising Show, back in conversation this hour with Jeff Bell, was Vice President, Chrysler and Jeep, uh, Chrysler Group, Daimler Chrysler. How many times can we say Chrysler in Jeff's, <laughs> in Jeff's uh, title? Jeff, welcome not back to many, the Not too many. Not too many? Okay, we'll say it again. Thank you, Ray. Well, Thank you, Brad, for having me. Uh, it's a yeah. pleasure to have you here. Yeah, and welcome back to the show. You know, we uh, Ray and I talked a little bit about the... Uh, about the summer employee discount campaign, and you mentioned uh, last hour about how uh, below capacity production levels for any uh, major manufacturer, certainly in the automotive industry, can uh, portend uh, major disaster and huge losses if uh, if not uh, uh, looked at quickly. This past summer, uh, employee discount programs, Jeff, were offered no no surprise here by the big three American automakers. Uh, GM, Ford, and, and you guys, and uh, extended uh, throughout the fall, allowing some shoppers, I guess, to not only buy the uh, 05 models at uh, very attractive prices, but in some cases, some of the 06s were included because it was uh, because of that promotion maintaining beyond uh, maybe what they originally had thought. I'm curious, uh, how successful was Chrysler's uh, Employee Pricing Plus campaign? Well, I guess first off, I would say that we were reluctant entries into that particular uh, endeavor. Uh, we were the last to jump on board, and only once it was clear that the market was being made by this uh, particular pricing uh, scheme. And so we did participate. I will say, however, we participated, we felt, in a unique way. And that was, rather than just talking about the deal, we tried to have, as we always do, a little bit of fun, um, a little pride in our product and on our brand. 
And so we brought Lee Iacocca back. Uh, I, I hasten to add that we had spent four years investing in our brands, investing in new products like the Chrysler 300, the Town & Country with Stow & Go, the all-new Grand Cherokee, the Dodge Ram, the new Charger, etc., and so we felt we were in a position to try and, and break again from the, the big three stigma that we're trying to, to shake loose from. And so we had uh, him there with Jason Alexander, with uh, his granddaughter, and, of course, with uh, Snoop Dogg. And, you know, just to try and, and say, yes, we're also in this game where employee pricing is available, but with uh, that level of humor and, and a little bit of branding and, and some fun that is a hallmark to all of our endeavors. And looking back on it, did uh, I know you know being one of the the big three, you pretty much had to follow in uh, GM's lead as Ford did. And looking back on it, was it uh, was it viewed successful, or with the benefit of hindsight, do you feel you could have uh, set that one out? Well, I don't think we could have set it out. I, I think you know there are a couple things that are now record. One, we had a market share that was higher than uh, the rest of the prior months, and uh, number two, after it has gone away. Uh, the decline in our automotive industry here in the United States has really come at the expense of General Motors and Ford. We've been able to hold our share. Uh, we have, in fact, uh, grown it slightly in the uh, post-employee pricing uh, era. I think the reason being is, number one, our brands are clearly defined. Number two, we have a very strong product uh, lineup. And then number three, we've been leaders uh, really since 2002 in the concept of value pricing. Uh, with each new model that we've introduced, we've tried to have the manufacturer's suggested retail price, which quite frankly for so many years has basically just been nonsense, uh, really means something, that it is a price that you can look at and say, wow, I can get a, a Chrysler 300 for $23,000. I mean, man, how can that be? I'm, I'm interested. I'd like to learn more. Or you mean that the Grand Cherokee is all new and it costs $3,000 less than the one that it replaced? So that also helps us improve our resale and residual values. It decreases our amount of dollars on the hood, as it's known. And so we have been undertaking that strategy for, for quite some time when we got to employee pricing, which in some ways you could say was trying to get to more transparency, more transaction pricing. But again, unfortunately, it really wasn't that for General Motors. It was just another desperate act to try and generate another sale event. And uh, I think the greatest lesson learned for General Motors, and to a certain degree Ford, is that we begin and end with the product. It's not about the deal. And uh, we have had an industry that has been driven by sales mentality for so long that many people don't even know what products are available for sale for some of our competitors. Well, is that a fact? Yeah. You know, uh, I would think, and you tell me, Jeff, you have a different perspective, but, you know, back post-9-11, post GM came out with their zero APR, and then uh, others followed in. And it's a, when I first uh, learned of the summer employee discount program, starting with GM, it seems like, uh, you know, it can all be traced back to that, that major uh, uh, effort of GM with the zero APR in that they were trying to, in effect, you know, top this kind of thing. Kind of, how do you top zero percent APR? And you also have to consider, when driving consumer demand, you you uh, motivate uh, maybe a certain number of consumers to purchase ahead of their uh, normal purchasing cycle because of promotional uh, motivation. So I guess the question becomes, uh, you know, where where do you eventually draw a line in the sand and say, you know, we need to really get back to selling value here because it, it kind of trains the consumer to wait for the next big promotion, doesn't it? 
Brad, I think you're, you really summarized it very succinctly, and I agree with you 100%. The fact of the matter is that whether it is automobiles or any other category, you've got to generate some level of mystique, of aspiration, of inspiration, that people say, wow, that is a great product or a service. Wow, that's a brand that I want to be associated with. And then when it comes time, and sometimes it's seasonal and, and, and it's unique for every different industry, there's a sale. But that's harvesting. That's harvesting the equity that you have built and earned over the prior, however many periods it might be. But the sale event is something that is also magical. It allows people to feel like they're getting a good value. And, you know, that's for a different type of consumer. There are also those that need to feel like they're the first ones on the block. We've, mm-hmm. we've seen it with our very hottest products. I mean, you don't need to be on sale when you've got great product. People want to have the, the first hot vehicle, the first crossfire uh, that comes onto the market, uh, the first Jeep Commander, which we're launching right now, the first seven-passenger Jeep. That's a pretty so, cool car. You know, and, and people want to be the first. But then again, when you think about from the first to the second to the third owners, um, you know, you've got to have something that also lets them feel some pride. And sometimes a sales event is exactly right for that type of consumer. But where we are right now, unfortunately, and other industries are the same, it's just sale, 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 sale. And I'd say the best right now is Toyota. They're building some equity in their products, and then periodically, yeah, they have the Toyota Celathon, but it's not every day. It's not every week. It's not every month. Yeah, is that driven by uh, dealers, uh, you know, uh, challenging the factory to provide that, or is that driven from the top down? You know, I don't think there is an either-or. I know that within our own company, we debate this issue, um, sometimes very hospitably, sometimes with a lot of passion and vigor. (laughs) And uh, our dealers are the same way. I know dealers that want us to be on product benefits and features, and I know others that would like for us to have elephants and balloons every day. Well, Ray has a gorilla on his uh, roof at the office there, but it's a whole nother draw. It has nothing to do with cars, right? <laughs> and it's live. Yeah, it's big. Can I rent it? <laughs> King, no, you can't. <laughs> you can buy it. That's uh, the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, our special guest, Jeff Bell. We've got Jeff for one more segment. We're going to break here uh, right now for a Jeff of a uh, different person. That last name, Jeffrey Ginnimer is his name, and uh, talking about uh, those early morning hours and being creative and everything. Go to theadvertisingshow.com. You can pick up the RSS feeds or the podcast feeds. Thanks to our good friends at uh, Shipple uh, Company, the web marketing company. That's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. And uh, do that. We'll be back in just a minute with more with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe on The Advertising Show. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. I wake up early every day. I run to my computer and I begin to write because I'm clear in the morning. Now, I've been doing that for 14 years. So far, the net is five books and 700 columns, not to mention a thousand presentations to companies all over the world. Before you get up in the morning, I'm already making money. I usually stay up until about one o'clock, and from 11 until one, things are quiet. Like anybody, sometimes I fiddle on the internet, and yeah, I'm an eBay addict, but I also surf around the clients' websites just to see what's going on to see if I can learn anything new, and to see if I can come up with any ideas. Now, I've only been doing that for about seven or eight years. The point is, 
I take those extra three or four hours a day and earn more in that time when people are asleep than what they do when they're awake. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer, reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. Look what the guys on the team gave me. King of the beer frame. Well, I may not be the best at picking spares, but when it comes to picking beers, I'll pick a kingpin every time. Budweiser is the king of beer. It's the advertising show, the king of advertising shows, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and our special guest out of Ohio, actually Detroit, uh, Jeff Bell, who's VP of Chrysler and Jeep for Daimler Chrysler. We're giving Jeff a middle name. His name is now Jeff Chrysler Bell. Okay? Thank you. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for uh, being on the show, and welcome back. Well, thank you, Ray, and uh, it's interesting I've had the pleasure of serving really all three brands, but most of my time has been on Jeep and now for the last two years on Chrysler, and so it is an honor to not be known as Mr. Jeep, but rather as <laughs> Jeff Chrysler. <laughs> well, this may be the perfect time, Ray, to announce that we're going to be giving away a Jeep this hour. No, we're not going to do that. Good. Can uh, I win? <laughs> yeah, well, we do that well enough on our own. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, first, uh, for earlier this hour, we talked a little bit about the sweet deal that Intel and BMW have worked out with the partnership. Uh, and I'm curious, uh, I don't know who, I think it sounds like a sweeter deal for Intel than BMW. I'm sure we're not getting all the facts uh, in a press release here. But I'm curious, uh, Jeff, what, what's Chrysler's approach to marketing partnerships? Well, we really believe very strongly in marketing partnerships. And in many ways, this is the move from transactions to relationships. And it seems contradictory because I'm the same guy that is, you know, very, very vocally opposed to the way that we conduct the media upfront, which is linear, sequential, and, and based on, you know, a lot of winks and handshakes. Uh, but when I say relationships, I don't mean it that way, old school, uh, not based on an open market environment. What I mean is is a barter economy. Uh, when we deal with Hollywood, for instance, in the Sahara with Jeep or Tomb Raider, another deal we're putting together with Chrysler and Warner Brothers that we'll be announcing in the next month, uh, we go in with a quid pro quo approach. It's not writing a check from Detroit to get into a film. Rather, it's how do we use our marketing might to promote the film and ourselves, and in turn, they promote their movie and Chrysler or Jeep as a brand and, and as a vehicle. Uh, the same kind of approach we will do uh, in terms of working with uh, other categories. I think I mentioned earlier in the show that we produce for CBS a television show called Jeep King of the Mountain. Uh, this started as a snowboarding and ski uh, downhill racing series. They are, in fact, events where we promote our product. We also film it for television, and there we have Columbia Sportswear. Uh, we've got Sirius Satellite Radio. Paul Mitchell, uh, they advertise on the show. They're also physically there at the event uh, because it's an audience that they wish to reach. Uh, we also have a separate set of uh, partners. Um, I call it the posse for our Jeep World uh, of Adventure Sports on NBC, where it's AOL, Ever Ready Batteries, uh, Red Bull, 
And so each of these are also advertising partners. They're integrated into the game uh, format itself because it's a sporting activity and a competition. And so in each of those ways, we try and uh, work together to bring our assets and then have a louder voice and a truer, more integrated approach to the way we bring forth our brands. Well, I guess it's no surprise Chrysler was named uh, at Age's 2005 Interactive Marketer of the Year this past uh, November. And so, you know, there's a, a, a great uh, accolade, and a certainly you uh, described many of the reasons why you guys got that uh, award this year. You, do, do you feel that uh, TV product placements have, have played a successful role for Chrysler, Chrysler and Jeep? I, I recall more recently the... Uh, uh, you mentioned the Chrysler 300. Uh, ER, I know, was a product placement relationship earlier this year. Talk a little bit about that, Jeff. Well, obviously, we do a lot of advertising on all of the different uh, stations because of our size. And when we have the honor of having a product like the Chrysler 300 that has been the most awarded new car ever, uh, based on its quality and its styling and its performance, and it's exciting when we get a call from a producer who says, I, I need a hot product in the show. I want it to be a 300. I want to have a character talk about how he's rewarding himself with a vehicle. And uh, in this particular instance, one of the young doctors did just that, and he also was then bragging about the product. And that's something that you just, it's, it's natural. It's organic because it wasn't, uh, if you will, a giveaway uh, by Oprah. Uh, of a product that no one knew and no one wanted. It was something that people immediately said, you know what, that's real. Okay, everybody knows that's a cool car. That guy thinks it's cool. He's rewarding himself, and now he's bragging about it. And that's what's critical in anything, whether you call it brand casting, as we do, where our brand becomes a member of the cast, or in traditional product placement. It has to be natural and organic. As soon as a consumer sniffs out that it's being forced, that it's not natural, they're done. Okay, you get nothing out of it. In fact, it can become a negative, and we're very, very sensitive about that uh, in all of the work that we do. Yeah, I think the relevancy uh, term is the takeaway, therefore, uh, that's also uh, organically as, uh, organically integrated, as you described. Real quickly, we just have a little bit less than, uh, well, we don't have much time at all. You know what I was going to ask him, Ray? What's that? What most people would be surprised to learn is in your garage, Jeff Bell. And I don't mean a Chrysler the town of country. <laughs> yeah, town of well, country. It's a good answer, and that's the right one. Go to Chrysler or DaimlerChrysler.com. Better yet, just go out and buy one of the new Chrysler 300s this week. That would make Jeff very happy. Oh yeah. Uh, or anything else you want. Back in just a minute with more on the advertising show. Jeff, thanks for being with us today. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. What do you mean you can't return the car, sir? Was it stolen? Uh, no, no, did, sir. You had an accident, right? Well, I kind of it. No, no, I did it on purpose. What did you do, sir? Well, you remember when I came in... It's a classic car, Chuck yeah. Lore spot on The Advertising I, I Show, and uh, it's for uh, Camaro. Well, this has been a car show, hasn't it, Brad? Are you there? Whoops. Okay. Hey, what we're going to do here, uh, it's Ray Shillings, by the way, on the advertising show. Brad is, uh, oh, he's in the other room there. Okay, we'll get him back here in just a moment. We have, uh, uh, Brad and I got to talking earlier this hour so much that we ran out of time and an opportunity uh, to run one of our features. I want to do that for you right now. It's uh, Patrick Meyer, uh, the Marketing Insider on the advertising show. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider, featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about the good guy tuna company. Ever see the movie Heaven Can Wait with Warren Beatty and Julie Christie? And they debate tuna being captured 
and damaging Dolphin at the same time. And Leo J. Farnsworth says, let's be the good guy too in a company. Well, there was an idea there that really applies to what you do in your business every day. Either as a brand manager or as an advertising executive, you need to be thinking about what does the good guy want? What does the good guy company do? It's what do consumers really want? What benefit would they love to have in their product that they're not getting right now? Most companies that I work with focus on their product that they've had for years, and many of them do not evolve and innovate with their products. But by listening to consumers and what they want, and be the good guy, and you can bring forward new ideas that will be profitable. It's all about driving growth and profit. One of Now's clients, a big food company, debated long and hard about how best to go forward as people were more wellness-oriented. We recommended they modify their product, remove the trans fats, focus on the added benefit. Lo and behold, the consumer is surprised and delighted by what we've done. The press picks up on it, magazines start writing about it, and the brand takes off and is on fire and is growing rapidly. So here's my message to you. Be the good guy company, good guy brand. Look for those things that the consumer is really dying for or really would be surprised and delighted for, and then add them into your business. Go to your consumers, talk to them, find out what they are, fight the system, develop new ideas, advertise and market new ideas for the consumer, and you're a good guy, and you'll come out ahead. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the advertising show. Is uh, we uh, got an opportunity to uh, to replay something. Actually, we didn't get a chance to play <laughs> earlier this hour, so uh, that's that's good. So we thank Patrick for those words of wisdom. It's called good guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, great interview today with uh, with Jeff Bell. Jeff is actually already on the road. Uh, back to Detroit. I wish him well in his travels because he's got some snow to drive through up in that. Was he driving? Is that what he was doing? At his town and country. But that should be a safe car, I guess, huh? Hope he has chains or snow tires. Studs. you got to have those studs on the tires, which I think are illegal now, but that's the way well, it goes. Last time you had studs, you got in trouble with your wife, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we forgot to mention that. Yeah, we forgot to mention that Jeff was also Ford uh, of Europe Managing Director, Ford Spain Director of uh, Central Europe as well. So right. I was hoping to get a chance to talk to him about how it was uh, working in uh in a, in a uh, foreign country for a global company like Ford, but uh, I guess we'll save that for next time. That would have to be because, yeah. as he said, he's in the car on the way to Detroit. We'll call him on his cell. <laughs> exactly. Jonah Bloom is a great uh, great guy with Advertising Age, uh, actually executive editor of Advertising Age, and the title of his article from this past week is Like Vinyl Record Plants, Newspapers Face a Bleak Future. And we've been talking about that for a long time now. Mm-hmm. One of the headlines or the subheadlines is clueless newspapers. It says when Andrew Gowers, uh, that sounds like something from It's a Wonderful Life, stepped down as editor of the Financial Times, citing strategic differences with uh, the parent uh, Pearson, he offered this bleak forecast for ink on paper. Working in print, pure and simple, is the 21st century equivalent of running a record company specializing in vinyl. He says uh, newspapers are clueless. They still haven't realized the true power of the Internet, he said. And to prove it, he's not just a a one-sound-bite pony. Gower is a 22-year Financial Times vet. Whatever I do next, it will not involve ink printed (laughs) on dead trees. 
Oh, boy. Wow, that's pretty... Uh, so apparently somebody got angry at him, or he got angry at somebody. Yeah, you said that movie, and I immediately... Fl- I can't have anybody say the title of that movie without hearing in my head. When a bell rings, that angel loses its wings. No, gets his wings. Oh, gets his gets wings. His well, there wings. you go. See, I have to watch that more often. <laughs> you know, I want to remind everyone, if you're about to send out one of those Christmas cards that have the whole big sheet of what you've done for the past year, put no, your pen down, don't scoot do away from the monitor, do not... Please do that. We're not interested. Until the uh, feeling passes, right? Or, yes, or send audio, for that matter. Yuck, yuck. Yeah. No, no, don't do that. Back in just a, more with a minute with more on the advertising show. Andy Borowitz is up next with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Well, hello, boy. Now, what do you say? Let's make with the popcorn right away. Too much trouble and bother. Yes, indeed. No, man, heat's all you need. You need more than heat, boy, according to Hoyle. The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Thanks again to our uh, special guest, Jeff Bell. Uh, Would you like some more popcorn there, Brad? Actually, I'd like some of your Diet Coke. I got to... Something caught in my throat. A kernel caught in your throat. Okay, that's not good. Jeff Bell, uh, Vice President, uh, Chrysler and Jeep Daimler Chrysler, is our guest uh, this week. And, of course, uh, next week it's Alan Deutschman, who is the senior writer for Fast Company Magazine. And that should be a great interview. Looking forward to that as well. That will be our our special uh, Christmas Day show as well. So Mm -hmm. we'll be working Christmas Day if you want to send over some kolaches. Or some okay. dressing and a cold turkey sandwich. A turkey sandwich that'd be fine mm-hmm. too. We've yeah. got uh, we, we need to wrap up uh, this segment here as well as always. We feature Andy Borowitz on the advertising show, and here's Andy. Hi, this is Andy Borowitz for the advertising show, and now here's this week's feature from the Borowitz Report. Just days after admitting that his decision to go to war in Iraq was based on faulty intelligence, President George W. Bush issued a two-word statement to the world. My bad. Appearing in front of a giant blue and gold placard with the words, My bad, emblazoned on it, the president lashed out at the faulty intelligence that led to his decision to go to war two years ago. Faulty intelligence got us into this mess, Mr. Bush said, but I have learned my lesson and I will never make another decision based on intelligence again. According to one White House aide, the president hopes that his my bad statement will be the defining moment of his presidency. Ronald Reagan will always be remembered for saying, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And President Bush wants to be remembered for my bad. In the House of Commons in London, British Prime Minister Tony Blair echoed Mr. Bush's words, giving a one-word speech in which the phrase, my bad, was loosely translated as, sorry, in Iraq. This past week marked the first full week of a new military mission the Defense Department is calling Operation Massive Apology. As U.S. planes drop thousands of leaflets with the words, my bad, translated into Arabic. The Defense Department pronounced the operation a success except for one incident in Baghdad where a two-ton bundle of leaflets failed to separate in midair and crushed a parked Subaru. Elsewhere, an archaeologist in Guatemala discovered a 2,000-year-old Mayan mural featuring what is believed to be the earliest depiction of Mick Jagger. This is Andy Borowitz, and this has been a special edition of the Borowitz Report from The Advertising Show. To read more reports or to receive daily email alerts, Log on to BorowitzReport.com. This is Andy Borowitz saying, 
Keep it fake, baby. Advertising show, Ray Schillen's Brad Forsyth. That's some serious <laughs> news that Andy's come up with this week, isn't it? It really is, and you know, I think my bad uh, for two thousand for the twenty uh, first century. Uh, here we are, only five years into the first decade. I think it's right up there with uh, last decades, wearing your baseball cap on backwards, especially if you're over the age of like thirty three. Yeah. And today, still today, two thousand five, you see these now fifty year old people walking around with their hat on backwards. Right. Right. They should. They should be. You know, there should be some kind of. Uh, they should have that hat removed, yes. There should be some kind of city uh, ordinance against yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, you know, and plus, you know, you know, the young people, when they started seeing the older people do that, that became, you know, out of style immediately. Of course so. it did. They put it on crooked, <laughs> yeah, exactly. which is really stupid. Like, why how do you long, do that? How long before the uh, the baby boomers start going crooked on theirs and then they go back to straight or, you know, whatever? Who, right. What, who knows? Right, yeah. exactly. That was some good stuff from Andy today. Yeah, as always, he's a funny guy. He's no mm-hmm. longer on uh, CNN yeah. that we could find yeah. him, but uh, hopefully he's got another gig somewhere because, you know, Maybe. rent in New York is high. Maybe he followed uh, uh, Helmer, uh, Hemler. Hemmer. Bill Hemmer. Yeah. Bill Hemmer. Is it Hemmer? Hemmer. Yeah, Bill Hemmer, the stiffest guy on morning news. Stiff, stiff, stiff. <laughs> Very stiff. He needs to loosen up. He needs Jack Cafferty to take him out back and work him over a little bit. <laughs> Talk about Jack Cafferty. Jack's did, upset. Where did he go? Where did Jack he's up? Well, he's still on CNN. Oh, really? I've never seen yeah. him anymore. Very he's got a weekend show now. That's nice. Part time. You stay home more often. <laughs> TiVo Jack Cafferty. No, I, I'd watch. If Jack Cafferty doesn't involve anything with uh, home repair, I don't watch him, okay? Well, I got a Christmas card from Jack this year. You open it up and it goes, pissed. <laughs> That's just his, his greeting. Jack is a, a bit of a pickle. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Dill pickle. Yeah. Sweet. Mm-hmm. No, we're real sour. <laughs> yeah. You know, a Jeep is going into, uh, you know, I wanted to talk with Jeff about that, too. It says they're moving into mobile marketing with a new channel, uh, Mobi TV, M-O-B-I TV, mm-hmm. available to 500,000 Singular Sprint, Altel, and other mobile network subscribers. Uh, that'd be Pretty kind of cool interesting stuff. to find out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no doubt, no reason why. I guess that just goes further to show how Ad Age chose them as the uh, interactive marketer of the year this past uh, 05, and well-deserved, I suppose. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Had a good time today. want to invite you to visit our website, theadvertisingshow.com. It's a great place to go. You can actually, uh, with the RSS feeds and the podcast, you can see and hear a lot of the uh, about the guest and actually hear the shows and, uh, of course, share them. You can send those things from anywhere you want to. Press them on a CD if you want. That's cool, too. That's theadvertisingshow.com. We look forward to Alan Deutschman coming up next week, a senior writer for Fast Company Magazine. And we say thanks again to our uh, guest, uh, Jeff Bell, today. And uh, had a good time. So, Christmas next week. Brad, get out there, do your Christmas shopping. Uh, I'll tell Maybe you what now. I want. Uh, I've got a list. I'll give it to you later. Thank the you. Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit AdAge online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production. <laughs>